I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. For Meter and the Coach with John Meter Perrell and former Providence College men's basketball coach Tim Welsh. Call the show at 401-737-1287. Southern New England Sports Original. 1037 WEEI. You know, as I deep planed Air Eagle last night at 11:30, I said, "Hey, you know, maybe Tim Welsh went to Stevie Nicks and Billy Joel at <laughs> Gillette Stadium and was just getting home himself." But you know, and I figured he probably opted out on that one, even though you know he has a lot of ticket connections. God knows he knows. Yeah, Coach, I, I was point. looking for you, pal. Yeah, they're on my playlist, but uh, Fleetwood Mac's on my playlist, but that's about it. I'm not going up to Gillette for that. Thank you very much. How old is Stevie Nicks these days? I mean, I know we're getting up there, pal, but it's like, isn't she like 80? <laughs> Speak for yourself. Uh, she's, she's, she's younger than Lou Holtz. I know that, but it's like, you know, <laughs> it, as we all know, we have parents, grandparents, whatever. You know, you treat the elderly with respect because you're going to be there one day and you're going to say, you're going to say some stuff and you better not get criticized for it when you're 86, but you know, we can talk about that. And, you know, it's, uh, it's about respect, respect your elders. Yeah. No, I, I was not at Gillette last night. I was trying to stay awake from Notre Dame, Ohio state trying to get my good sleep so i was ready to fire this morning or come in hot as you like to say early come in hot you know you're not coming in with rainbows and uh and and all those slushies you love regarding the patriots we'll, we'll get into that as they take on the jets this afternoon well maybe but- coach belichick was there last night because i i figured that he had somewhere to go on friday i'm holding a three-minute press conference uh, maybe he had somewhere to go. I don't know. I guess he had to get down to New York for the game today. But uh, that was an, that was another thing on my list this morning. Three minutes. Oh my God! You know, well, so, come on. So, what would you do if you you know if you were the owner of said team? Would you call Bill in, into your office after a three minute press conference and say, "Bill, you're you're shirking your responsibilities and embarrassing us"? No, I, my SID, the best in the country, Arthur Parks, would have said, "Coach, come on." You got to give these guys a little bit more respect their job. You got to respect their job. You got to respect. They have something to do and they, their job is to come in here and get information to fill up their notes or columns or whatever, uh, or their show and, uh, you know, totally disrespecting them thinking that you're way above and beyond them. You can't give them 10 minutes. 
you know, I, and, and if it is something that's happening, you guys, you have to explain it. You, you got to give them a little something and then, then all's forgiven. You know, well, I have to get to uh, a meeting. I have to get to an event. I've got to speak at some event or whatever, um, you know, whatever, whatever it is, but don't just disrespect the, the, the media that, that annoys me amongst other things today. I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not all roses today. I mean, I, after a day, a day in the rain yesterday, watching football day, which was quite enjoyable watching games from sunny stadiums all around the country. It's just, yeah, I saw some, I saw and heard a lot of things that kind of just made me shake my head, but that's what sports, that's what makes sports so great meter. There's always something to talk about debate, positive, negative in between. And uh, yesterday was a good day for that, whether it was Clemson and their ridiculous play calling or lack of a kicker or the Clemson fans booing their team late in the game in overtime oh, yeah. uh, they're, or, they're Ryan, or Ryan day uh, going off with our friend, Catherine Tappan after the, after their win uh, and going after Lou Holtz. For God's sakes, the poor guy, he's 86 years old. Leave him alone. If he wants to talk, who cares what he's, who's listening to Lou Holtz anyway, these days, I love the guy. I think he's fabulous. Uh, so if he's got something to say, that's what he's supposed to do. He's somebody's paying him to talk still. So why are you worried about Lou Holtz? I, I, I don't know. I don't get that. But anyway, I, I, I just think it's a, uh, it's such an emotional grind for college football coaches in particular. Of course, college basketball coaches go through it, but the college football grind is unique. Uh, the football grind's unique. And I think Ryan Day just got caught up in it. I think he's, he's fed up. He's fed up with the criticism he gets from the Ohio State fans for not beating Michigan. Uh, hey, hey, you, you knew what it, what the job was when you took it. That's part of it. You, you did. You got to no. you got to beat Michigan. You've got to beat them. That's 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 part of the job. If you don't do it, too bad. You're going to get criticized. I mean, I know you like Ryan Day, and a lot of people around New England like him. He's from Maine, I guess. And he's done a good, I think, yeah, I think he's a great coach. He hired my friend, Joe Philbin, which I really respect, but listen, I I don't know. I I don't, I guess it is the emotion we've all done said and done stuff. That's you wake up the next morning and you say, Oh God, why did I say that? So we'll give him a pass on this one. It was a good win on the road. Yeah. In case you missed it while you were sleeping, I think we're starting a new feature while you were sleeping. Because God knows if you're up at 7.05 with us on a Sunday morning, we thank you. But you probably missed a lot. And that was one thing you may have missed. I was sitting on the plane last night coming back from Louisville and watching it. And people were laughing out loud watching the Ryan Day postgame interview uh, after Ohio State nipped Notre Dame 17-14. An amazing play call by Ryan Day. Uh, a not-so-amazing play call on fourth and short about five minutes before that when Ohio State was stopped and turned the ball over. Notre Dame had a chance, uh, and Ohio State defense stopped them. So it was a game of total game of, of emotions for on both sides, a hard fought game. And Ryan Day, you know, he he did go off on Lou Holtz because Holtz went off on Ohio State during the week, and we'll we'll play that coming up. But this is Meter and the Coach. We have Bob Ryan at eight oh five. He's going to drop by, and Bob Ryan always has thoughts, even in his. Globe retirement years. He writes a column every weekend. The column he wrote this weekend, I thought of you, Tim, because he wrote about ESPN's top 30 NBA players. They just came out with a list of all time. Remember, they did the top 75 a couple of years ago. Bob wrote about uh, 
his contentions and his agreements and where that list is, but it's always a fun kind of topic. And Bob can talk about anything. We'll dive into the Patriots with him as well. But uh, as far as what you saw around college football yesterday, while you were sleeping, oh, by the way, there's a team that no one's talking about that is absolutely on a tear. And granted, they're, they're way far away. That's why we don't talk about them much. But if you're a college football fan, put this team on your radar immediately. The University of Washington they scored 45 first-half points. I thought it was bad watching Louisville score 42 first-half points. Washington put 45 on the board against Cal, who's not a good team. But there's so many teams in college football right now that are scoring at will, like Oregon. Welcome back to Earth, Colorado. Uh, you know, teams that you're not necessarily thinking about, and I get it, we're in, we're in New England. But if you like college football, you're paying attention to these teams. Yeah, Oregon looked pretty good as well out at uh, put Coach Prime. They took a step back, and they oh, got USC huge next. Step back. Yeah, so, but, you know, that's different level, different level. I mean, TCU on the road, good win, but TCU is not the TCU of a year ago. Uh, really struggled to beat Colorado State. I mean, it's a good story for now, but they're they, when you watch them, they're just – you know, they're getting out of the publicity but because of Dion, which is great, and it's been great for the sport. And uh, it's been fun to kind of watch that develop. But, you know, you got – it's an interesting season, college football, uh, because of the fact that, you know, you've got Clemson 0-2 in the ACC. You've got Alabama just totally struggling to beat o Ole Miss at home. Both teams just played horrible. Uh, I mean, Alabama had a first and goal on the two, throw an interception in the end zone. Then uh, they blocked the punt, and then they have first and goal on the two again – they snap it in the shotgun right over the quarterback's head, loss of 22. I mean, it was one mistake after another on both ends, on both sides. So those two teams, I mean, the SEC, it's Georgia and everybody. Right. It's Georgia and everybody. And uh, the ACC, I mean, you look at that, and I think when I watched these games yesterday, I you know, the best team, and you might have an argument, or you have better, not a lot better knowledge than I do on the ACC. But Duke looks like the best team in the ACC that I've seen. I mean, North Carolina might be right there with them. NC State's not bad, but Duke looks pretty darn good. And uh, Florida State, I think, is overrated. I'm watching that game yesterday, and Clemson's got a lot of issues right now. So Florida State's the best team. Uh, Duke, I'll give you number two at the moment. North Carolina close third and Duke is going to be on game day next week. First time ever for college football. They're going to be in Durham. I know your family is uh, probably excited about that. So that'll be a big time event. They'll be at uh, Krzyzewskiville, uh ESPN's game day set. That's, that's great for the ACC and great for Duke. The fact that football is uh, actually relevant with Mike Elko, their second year coach. Uh, no, I, I, I agree for the most part. I mean, Alabama's just, they're not that good it's 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 usually a cycle you know how it is it's a cycle in college basketball things aren't you don't you don't go for the 10-year runs anymore even though Clemson's done it Clemson's not even ranked for the first time in a decade which is crazy but nor should they be uh you gotta you know a lot's been made of Dabo in the portal of course and that that was that hit him in the face yesterday again you gotta go find yourself a kicker I see it time and again it's happened in BC many times you don't have a consistent kicker. You're going to lose a lot of games you should win. 
And that's what happened to Clemson. The kid's off the street. Great story. Great. You know, he's Rudy, whatever. He's a kicker. Go find yourself a kicker in the portal. Go go kid a kid from the FCS. Go down a level. Go to Division Two. Go to Division Three. That's what LSU did a couple of years ago. They got a kid from Assumption to go kick at LSU. Uh, you can do that. It's okay. It's within rules. Go find yourself a kicker and, and you know, kicker and don't leave yourself shorthanded. So that's maddening to me as a college football fan when I see guys that you know don't address those needs when it's so easy now. Especially if you're Clemson. Uh, if you're a Clemson fan, you're waking up and you're thinking, man, you know, we've hit rock bottom. Yeah. I, I had this discussion last night on the plane with somebody. Pete Cronin and I were talking about it. He's like, you think Dabo's on the hot seat? And I said, I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me. The, the guy's lost well, like 15 games in his career. Well, the fans were not happy yesterday. They were – it was – when you – are in overtime at home against the number four team in the country. And you can hear their fans louder than yours at Clemson. I mean, I know you've been there. That's unbelievable. I mean, the Florida state fans were chanting defense on the last possession in overtime. And then the Clemson fans on third and one, when they ran that ridiculous side screen or whatever it was for a loss of three, uh, the Clemson fans booed. They booed. They were, they were not happy. Uh, so they're 0-2, Alabama struggling. It's a different world out there. I love it. It's, it kind of makes it a little bit more interesting. I mean, I think we all get sick of the same teams every year. I mean, that's what's great about college basketball. Sure, sure you have the elite teams every year, but you have these guys that kind of emerge, and like a Duke is emerging this year. Uh, Syracuse looks like they're improved. Uh, you talked about Washington. Uh, Oregon looks like a, a wagon as well. You know, there's some really good teams out there that'll be in the mix at the end of the season. Of course, Michigan's going to be there as well. And uh, probably Ohio State. It's always good for football when Notre Dame's good. So there's a lot of good storylines. And, of course, the Dion story is good, too. And uh, it was a fun day watching games yesterday. It was certainly uh, – if it's going to rain all day, you got some good games. There's not that many good NFL games today, but uh, no, we'll just dis- no. we'll discuss we'll discuss your Pats at some point, Pats Jets, and uh, and see where you lie on that uh, outcome later. Well, I want to ask you if you had four players on the court at the end of the game and knew you needed five, would you take a timeout? And this leads of me course. to Marcus. This leads me to Marcus Freeman. He was trying to get a fourth defensive lineman on the field for Notre Dame for the final play of the game, but didn't want to draw a penalty. So he stuck with 10 defenders on the play that allowed the winning touchdown. Well, it's obviously it's a little different in basketball because if you call the timeout and you don't have one uh, in basketball, it results in a technical foul and more points. But in football, it's different. A penalty is a penalty. That's it. You give them five. It's five yards, I believe. And, uh, you take the penalty and get, get your team settled. I mean, it's chaotic. You can't play with 10 in, in that position. In that moment, you have to call the time. You have to call the timeout to get your team settled in, but he's a young coach. He's, he's learning too. <laughs> We've said a million times you learn on the job sometimes in, in these moments. And uh, maybe he's never faced that moment or he never thought about it, but now he will. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure when he wakes up this morning, he's saying, Oh, I should have, I should have got our team settled, you know, and, and we've all done that as coaches. I've done it a million times. I've stayed up all night, not able to sleep 
blaming myself for something I didn't or did do at the end of a game. And, you know, you learn on the job that way. You learn, and I'm sure every coach would tell you that. Yeah, well, that's that's where you – Freeman doesn't know, and I know there's a lot going on. That's why they have an assistant, as you know, which you probably had. I know you had. Yeah, probably 30 assistants. These guys these days have so many assistants, it's unbelievable. Yes, exactly. Tap them on the shoulder and say, I know we don't have any timeouts left, Marcus, but let's take the penalty. We have 10 guys on the field, Coach. He says well, – your defensive coordinator has got to be the first guy to say that. I mean, those guys make a million dollars a year – these days i mean he's got to step up himself and say yes that. yes it, freeman says i don't want to give them another opportunity to get settled and try to make a different call right that's what he that's his so that's what his explanation was so he says hey guys stay off the field let's not give them a freebie from the half yard line let's try to stop them and i thought maybe they would do the same thing they did the snap before then they ended up running the ball that's when ohio state scored the touchdown so i got to watch the play and see where the ball hit but yeah that's why i made that decision that was just puzzling. And I didn't see it in real time, nor did anybody else. NBC didn't even talk about it. Todd Blackledge, really good analyst, by the way. And Noah Eagle's doing a good job in his first year. But uh, it was just – the good word is chaotic. But upon further review, you've got to take that time out. That's going to be – boy, Notre Dame fans, you know a lot of them. They're going to be all over this. Oh, you know how patient they are with their football <laughs> program. It's like, you know, Lou Holtz can tell you that himself. And uh, hopefully we hear from Ryan Day on Lou Holtz because <laughs> it's interesting. It's, uh, you know, he's he's fired up after the game. And then your man Jim Harbaugh back on the sidelines yesterday. Great to see Coach Harbaugh after serving his penalty that no one thought he should get back in a good win over Rutgers, an improved Rutgers team, I would say. So, uh Big Ten's going to be good, that's for sure. Uh, but there's a lot of great games coming up, and I think it's going to be an interesting run. I don't think anyone's really favored. I mean, Georgia's Georgia right now, but there's some other. Those West Coast schools can really score. Uh, they can. And you know what? Washington State is lighting it up, too, at the moment. And Again, teams that no one pays any attention to. I understand it's such a, you know, it's such a – east coast west coast thing even the west coast they're probably not paying attention but they're the pac-2 champion now they beat oregon state it's the pac-2 washington state 38 oregon state 35 there you have it and i love the oregon state ad coming out saying there needs to be relegation in college football teams need to get relegated if they don't succeed and move down a division because he he's fighting for any sort of love for oregon state so they don't you know they don't have a conference now they have nowhere to go to they're a stepchild so he wants relegation to yeah i don't blame him i don't blame him he got the you know rug pulled out from under him you know the pac-12 has always been a great conference it really has and you know you got poor leadership at the top of the of your conference and this is what happens i mean you've got to have innovative smart creative people that can sit down at a table with television networks and understand what their value is. And if they get offered something, understand that they better take it or else some things are going to go sideways. And that's what happened in the PAC 12. I mean, they turned down big deal on their TV contract. And then all of a sudden now they're, they end up on Apple TV streaming. Uh, I mean, come on. 
I mean, it's 2023. <laughs> you you got to be on the, you got to be with the big boys. You've got to be with the big boys and you've got to, you know, get 30, 40, 50 million dollars from, uh, from your contracts per school. And that's what the PAC 12 did not do. And then these other schools said, I'm out of here. And, you know, the big 12 smart went after these teams, big 10 smart went after these teams. They saw an opening. They said, we're going to, we're going to take advantage of their, you know, lack of intelligence or lack of leadership. Yeah, you have to be proactive. It's such an essential item. And, and you know, that that brings me to we could shift to the Patriots here. And I know we have a call. We're going to get to him in a minute. 401-777-1037. I've said it a million times with you, and I hear it all. We, you and I listen all week. We listen to everything, or we try to at least. Every Every call I've heard, every Patriot fan, it's like they're satisfied now because you're close with Miami and you're close with the first game of the year and you almost beat Philadelphia and you almost beat Miami and look what they did and look, they came back and Mac Jones played such a good second half. And is that what it's come to? Because your team is anything but proactive. The team is totally reactive. They have no secondary. They have another injury there. Jonathan Jones is down. I have no idea who's playing in, in the secondary today your guess is as good as mine is what their offensive line is going to look like your offense is extremely pedestrian which is less than mediocre you have a quarterback that doesn't throw 20 yards you have a, a defense that you know gives up big plays and i know christian gonzalez is he's terrific great all right there you go let's build around christian gonzalez how about instead of building around Gonzalez, we could have built around a really dynamic wide receiver and they didn't do it. So will they beat the jets today? Probably, but that defense is going to stop you. That jets defense is a top five defense in the NFL. You're going to have trouble moving the ball. The only thing your salvation is Zach Wilson stinks. So will it be a 10, seven game? Maybe. Uh, but I just don't see them winning many games this year, Tim. I mean, it, 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 it's a seven win team at best at best and nothing has changed my mind the first two weeks nothing zero yeah well here's the deal i mean first of all i would say uh if i'm the patriots i'm i have some young innovative smart coach who no one knows who's on the staff maybe a young the the next coming of josh mcdaniels somebody that's getting coffee for the the real coaches uh, watch these games on Saturday and take some notes because right. these, these offenses are electric and I know it's a different game, but it's still 11 on 11 and it's not that different. You know, there's a lot of the offenses that I see out there. I mean, the Washington's, the Oregon's uh, high powered, you know, it's like fast break basketball at its best. And you watch the Patriots. It's like, you know, mudslinging. It's terrible. You know, it's boring, you know, and I know it's because of a couple things. It's because of lack of offensive line. It's because of a lack of a mobile quarterback. It's because of a lack of uh, threatening wideouts with speed and that have any electricity. But that's the way the game is. You and I have talked about that since the summer that they their lack of weapons is going to catch up to them because, you know, they're just OK at all these spots. I mean, if you. I mean, just look at the 49ers and all the weapons they put around their quarterback. And their quarterback is pedestrian at best, okay? 
but he's been great because of everything he has out there with him. I mean, you just watched them the other night against the Giants, all that talent. And, of course, the 49ers are top six in spending every year, Meter, every year. You've got to go – if you don't have a great quarterback, yep. I mean, you've, got to put, you've got to put people around him to make – and then a system that fits, and then away we go. And that's what the 49ers have done, and that's what the Patriots should have done. And, you know, they didn't address their offensive line issues – in the offseason, they did not, you know, they went for Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, who was damaged goods and, you know, gone. Ezekiel Elliott, you bringing him in? Why? I don't know. I mean, I guess it was insurance, but you can see he looks cashed as well. And you just, then you do have an electric receiver out there and looks like a guy who can make plays and he fumbles on a great defensive play and you sit him the rest of the game. I mean, it's just, to me, it's mind boggling. Some of the decisions I, I just, you know, I, I like, I always like the NFL better than college football, but I'm, I'm going the other way because the Patriots just kind of, you know, we'll watch them today. And, uh, but just the boring way that they play the game, it's just, it just, it's not going to get it done. It's not going to get it done. And I heard a lot of things. I heard Friday and Saturday, I heard discussions on the airwaves of how they're going to, if they don't lose tomorrow, today, that they're zero and three, that there's still a path to the playoffs. Are you kidding me? Yes. <laughs> On paper, maybe, but it. But here's the deal: That's if, if if you can't beat this Jets team today with Zach Wilson, you're not beating some of these other teams that you, you think you're going to beat. No way. Because that, mean, that means you're not very good. So that means you're not going to beat the Raiders. You're not going to beat the Saints. Or you might, you know, one, one, one here, one there. You know, you've got to sweep the Jets. Now that Aaron Rodgers is gone, you have to sweep the Jets, okay? You have to. So don't tell me there's a path if they go 0-3. There might be on paper, again, but that if they don't win today, that means they're not very good, and that which means they're not going to make the playoffs. No, and this season's – first of all, at 0-2, are they paying attention? That's the one thing I heard all week, and I know it because we were talking to Dennis and Callahan 10 years ago. You start 0-2, you got no shot. 90% of the teams that start 0-2 since 1990 do not make the playoffs. That's well, 90%. Especially, especially two home games. You right. know, you get two – those two home games you lost. So now what? You got no chance, really. It's, it, it is, I'd say you had a chance if you had Tom Brady at quarterback or if you had Brock Purdy's supporting cast. And the 49ers are the best team in football, period. There's no question. That defense is fantastic. I know the Giants stink, too. But that defense was is ridiculous. You're right. John Lynch got an extension this week, well-deserved. Shanahan gets an extension. You got McCaffrey. You got Debo Samuel. You got Brandon Ayuk. You got George Kittle. You got weapons all over the field. And very well put together. The architect of, you know, good for Lynch, who came out of nowhere. You know, I know he had some background in it, but not much. And he's figured it out on the fly in the last four or five years. So that team, to me, is a prohibitive favorite to go to the Super Bowl, if not win it. Uh, and it's a bunch of parity in the league this year, which is what the NFL wants. That's what the league's designed for. Eight and nine, nine and eight. They like that. Uh, your team in your backyard, if they lose today, forget it. The season is over. Uh, there's a large part of me that says tank for Caleb Williams or tank for Drake May because your quarterback's not the guy. He's not the guy. I, I don't, you know, I know he's been handcuffed uh i'm not sure even if he had the weapons he would be your guy maybe he would be he's, his arm is he's got a pop gun arm uh 
uh, maybe that's the restraints that are put on him. And maybe that's the fact no one can get off the line of scrimmage. I don't know. All I know is I see a extremely average quarterback and if he is average, you're not going to sign him to a long-term deal after this year, which is the, what what's on the table. And you're going to go out and find a quarterback. Well, he's better. He's just as good as Brock Purdy and, you know, but they don't, he doesn't have the team around him. That's the thing. I don't know if he and, is as good as Purdy. I don't know. Well, you know, it's hard to tell. It's really hard to tell. It's hard to judge because, you know, of who he has with him. You know, that's the thing. You know, who who's who's around you out there on the floor? You know, Steve Kerr looked good with the Bulls back in the day because he had Michael Jordan next to him. You know, he was open because of Michael Jordan. So that's the thing with the 49ers. I mean, they have so much talent spread around on the offensive end and they have a good system, uh, a modern NFL system that, it makes him look good. And, you know, you right. he's fun to watch. I mean, all the guy does is win. He's kind of like a Garoppolo type, you know, in that sense, that he finds a way to win. He manages the game, and he's got good players with him. But the, that's the problem with, you know, with the Patriots. They just, you know, what did they do to improve their weapons this year? And, you know, why didn't they take a Zay Flowers, you know, in the first round? Don't get me you know, started. When the game is, it's an offensive game meter. The game is about points, especially in your division. You can look around. I mean, look at Tua at Miami. Look what he's, he's just an average quarterback, but he's got good weapons around him in a high level system, a modern NFL system, a system like I watched yesterday in college football, you know, fast break football. And that's what you, what you have to play today because that's the way that, you know, with the rules and not being able to, to, touch the receivers, uh, you've got to have good speed out there on the outside. Yeah, we have to take a timeout. It certainly is a speed game, no question about that, and we will dive into that more as we dissect Patriots and Jets. we got a lot going on, as always, with Meter and the Coach on a Sunday morning. Joe Passarelli, you're up next. Now, here. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 